Welcome back to Midwest Girls. Um, today, it's just girl and guy, Midwest girl and guy. And so uh, Meg will be back with us next week, uh, but we have my dad. I actually prefer dude. Oh, okay. Sorry. Midwest dude. Midwest dude. But we have, um, we'll have Meg back uh, next week. And actually I'm excited because we'll have um, that Midwest dude will be on again along with Angie, who you've heard from, and hopefully a few more um, from our Jackson, Mississippi team, uh, mission trip team. And we are going to be recount, recapping, oh my gosh, um, that trip finally. Uh, And so I'm excited that Meg will be coming back next week and that'll kick off us um, being back together. And so thank you guys for bearing with us as we've been, we took a break and then navigated some other life changes that's been happening. And yeah, so we're here and we're excited. Um, today we are going to be focusing in on Psalm 91 and that's why I'm excited to have dad on with me because he always helps process and sends me like a thousand videos a day based on one topic. And then I very rarely can keep up with, uh, his research. Um, but another reason why I'm excited about it is because in a couple weeks I actually will be preaching on this. So this is like a precursor to that. But you might want to really uh, <laughs> go over some stuff. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be. This is just like the surface surface level things. I haven't even started fully dissecting how I would normally do it for a sermon. So Actually, no worries there. I think there will be some nuggets that you could use. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know if you'd want to use all this, but um, it'd be very interesting if you did. But um, it's your it's your sermon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, that, <laughs> but just going as the Lord leads, cause there's a couple of ways that you could actually take, um, and navigate this, but to open this up, something during the research for the podcast specifically, I found interesting is, um, in 1911, uh, that was when Winston Churchill was, if you're a history person like us, um, we find this interesting, but you find, uh, you know, that Winston Churchill at one point was basically like, he's either going to get fired or he's going to get promoted in his career. And I didn't know this, but his wife Clementine was actually reading Psalm 107 the morning that he was going to find out whether it was going to be either way. And she was like, you don't need to worry because my, this is what I was reading this morning. And basically like the Lord confirmed that, you know, you're going to be promoted based on her reading. And it says Psalm 107 says, that they, they that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. And so that convinced, she was, after reading that, Clementine was convinced that her husband would be appointed to the Royal Navy. Uh, and then he was, which is cool. Um, but what's also cool, so we have that psalm. And it leads into another psalm that was very powerful and prominent in uh, in World War One that came about, and it was actually um, a commander in the U.S. Army, and he was a part of the 91st Infantry, and he gave all his soldiers a printed out version of the 91st Psalms to wear with them, um, and they took it into battle and kept in it they, in they kept it safe, safe. And, um, actually the actor, Jimmy Stewart enlisted in the U S army air corps during world war II, And his father gave him a letter enclosed and it caught, was a copy of Psalm 91 as well. And because of all these different things and all these dwindling downs, um, it actually became known as the soldier Psalms and even, uh, American soldier and so in Iraq, um, have been known to read this Psalm before going on patrol, which is really, I think cool when, um, you can tie those two things together, um, history and the use of, you know, biblical, um, protection, I guess you could say, or biblical wisdom. Supernatural protection. Yes. Yes. You can even back it up even further into the fifth or sixth century and they've actually excavated, um, in different sites, I don't know, I'm going to call them like a, an amulet or a necklace or even some uh, uh, bowls, like, I guess, eating you eating bowls? <laughs> B-O-W-L-S. <Yes. laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, and the, and those they found the uh, Psalm ninety one written in them. Not I'm not going to say the whole psalm, but maybe verse a couple Parts. verses in. That's really And cool. you can trace it right back to Psalm ninety one. Yeah, which um, it's actually used in a lot of uh, family protecti- protection prayers, um, household prayers for people who pray over their houses. Um, and their families, this is a great verse to use in that, um, because the verse is a call to confidence in God. I mean, um, and it's a call away from the cynicism of our age. So it's like, Hey, no, your comfort and your refuge, you're not going to find that here, but you know, the, you're going to find that under the wings of God and he will uh, protect you from the arrow that fly. What, what is it? The arrow that the arrow flies, flies by, day. by night day or day. terrors of the terrors of the night and arrow flies by day. Um, and actually there's a song that dad hasn't listened to yet. Uh, I sent him <laughs> sends me all the stuff. It's Celtic. It's, it's Celtic worship. Yes. And it's good. And I, I can't remember. I think it's, I can't remember the name of the song, <laughs> but I really can't. I don't remember. But, <laughs> but it's good. It's based say, on Psalm ACDC 91. When ACDC comes out with a, a <laughs> Psalm 91 song, I'll listen. Oh, but this one's good. Amanda will listen to it. Yeah, Amanda would know it right off the Yeah, she would. Um, anyways, we're going to read it. We're going to start off. I know we've been talking and kind of gave you, um, you know, a little background on things. But do how do you want to do it? Do we want to read all the way through? Well, and uh, or do we, we want to read a chunk? Talk about it. No, we could just start. The, why we ended up on Psalm ninety-one? Other and than I'm preaching on it soon. That, but I didn't really know that when we decided on Psalm ninety-one. Oh, I, thought, I told, told you. Me. I did tell you. But you may have. But <laughs> I might have tuned you out. I but believe it, that fully. Anyways, Father of Light is the name of the song. The um, I've shared this before, but anyways. Several years ago, I was a young Christian and I was struggling, and I was with anxiousness, and just sleep, couldn't sleep at night, and I would just, for whatever the reason, just like a wave that would hit me every now and then. Well, I would, I did write down several verses on anxiousness and fear and whatever, but I do, I do remember reading Psalm 91 during that time a lot, and I was going over that a lot. And I was just thinking, there's like, I don't want to say like a dual meeting, but, you know, I wasn't afraid of pestilence or uh, the plague or something like that. It was more of um, the supernatural side of that. So, or I believe that's what was causing and stirring up some of the, the anxiousness and the fear that I was struggling with. So... Anyways, that's why I think we settled on 91, and at least yeah. in my mind, that's why I did. <laughs> uh, well, let, well, so, yeah, to preaching, but what led me to it, which is kind of cool, um, uh, was I initially was starting with um, Psalm 90, and I was going to preach on Psalm 90 one week, and then because I'm doing two weeks in a row, and then I was going to do 91 the next week, but there's a lot there. So what I... But when I was reading um, Psalm 90, verses 14 through 17, um, it says, I'll read 14 and 15. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad in all, be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us for as many years as we have seen trouble. And what hit me in this, because I, w- I read that, you know, there's... Can I t- piggyback on this the esv 15 is make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil mm. yeah let's see what, what but version what, were you reading i have an iv right now all right um but what led me to when you know reading those last four, I only read two. But even just reading those two verses and then going into ninety one and studying that, um, it took me back to those and reading how like, you know, it takes a commitment to the Lord and a confidence in the Lord, like we mentioned earlier, 
to be able to believe that we can find refuge and strength in his wings. And I believe our confidence first has to come with the satisfaction and um, of realizing that the Lord has numbered our steps and has has us. He knows our ways. And that stemmed from trying to figure out if I was being discontent in the Lord or not. Um, Because when we're discontent in the Lord um, and we don't realize it, that's when things kind of start to spiral (laughs) Um, because our plan looks different. So we're not, and all of a sudden we're, I realized that I wasn't satisfied and because of in his unfailing love. I don't, I hope that makes sense. I was finding myself in a little bit of a, like a very short season of discontentment. And it thankfully it was about a month, but I realized that it opened up some other things that I didn't fully realize that I was dealing with, but it was coming across as straight up anger. And it was because I was walking and discontent with the Lord's plan at that time. And I wasn't, and then I was, would have these, um, different, I would have an anxiety attack or I felt like a spiritual attack would happen. And it was that discontentment has had stopped me from seeking the refuge of his wing because I was trying to control and look for being settled in a worldly version of being settled. But what you read in 90 and 91 is when we're satisfied in his unfailing love, we understand and we are content with the fact that he is with us. And it doesn't matter what our walk looks like here on earth. He's with us and we're seeking refuge under his wing. And our confidence is in that and our confidence in the heaven that we will one day live in. I hope that makes sense. I think so. <laughs> um, but what also brought that too, because when, um, let's just like kind of make our way through Psalm 91. I'll read Psalm 91 and 1 2. Okay. It says, Whoever dwells in the. Sh- you want me to read the ESV version? Yes. Well, I have notes real quick right here. Okay. Can I read this in e- NIV no, real no, quick? Thank fine. you. Thank you. <laughs> it says, In the NIV version, we will be throwing at you a couple of different versions, but it says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty almighty. I don't know why I had a little bit of a accent come out <laughs> there for a second. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Um, and why I wanted to stop there real quick is because the satisfaction thing that we just talked about, and are dwelling under him, but that also to be able to dwell it, I believe we have to be able to, we have to be abiding with Christ. Um, And so it's just an important thing to be able to say that you're doing, and that will help you seek that refuge. And I'm waiting on you to chime in like you always do. Yeah. He's looking up something on his phone. But but think of it this way. What can get to you if you when you are in the shadow of the Almighty? What can get to you? Nothing that pa- doesn't pass through his hands. I was thinking of the good shepherd yes. and just how he would lay in the the doorway of the pen many times. Mm-hmm. And there was no way anything could get in and or out of there without the shepherd knowing what was yes what was passing Coming, through yeah so and then i was looking up abide and i was i don't know if this is going to be but one of the first things it says is to put up with to tolerate and then to wait <laughs> patiently for and to remain in place <laughs> so as we abide or dwell depending on i think the niv's dwell yeah the niv's dwell we are in the shadow of the Almighty, and I think the word there is El Shaddai, which means mountain. It can mean mount, the God of the mountain or the God of the wilderness. So 
I just thought that was kind of cool. It, this psalm starts out with, abide with me, stick close, be, be rubbing shoulders with the living God is what he, they want, he wants us to do. And yes, you're right. It is Shaddai, the Hebrew word for Almighty. Do you want to read the next like three through eight? For he will deliver. He, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And um, if we look at this, the snare of a fowler. What's the NIV say, Kylie? Um, verse three says, "Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence." Okay. The fowler's snare is its just like a little trap that a lot of times people would set. And I think of a fowl, fowl, a bird, and it just, cap, you know, Captures snaps on him. the bird. And you, it's a way of foot. trapping birds. Yeah. Well, if we look at that, who else sets traps for us? Satan. The devil. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And that pestilence is the first word that I want to look up, or that we can call that in the Hebrew, dever, which means pestilence. I don't know. I'm hoping this is going to make sense. And he will cover you with his pinions. The NIV would go feathers. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. And I was thinking of this, he will cover you with his pinions or feathers and it, under his wings. And I was thinking of when Jesus was looking at, over Jerusalem weeping, mm-hmm. and he was like, I would have, I would have been like a mother hen to you if you'd have just realized who I was. Yeah. And then the faithfulness of a shield and a buckler, to me, that's almost talking like Ephesians 6 mm. and the, the uh, armor of God that yeah. Paul talks about. Yeah. Well, it's also, well, all of this, too, um, is leading me to Jeremiah 17, 7, where he talks about how it says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. And so isn't this like, okay, follow me here. So because of our confidence in his refuge that we are seeking and we're under his wing, that is our blessing of being able to retreat into that wing. Does that make sense? That makes sense. It would be a blessing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To be able to fall back and retreat and maybe heal up some of the wounds physically and spiritually. Yes. So it's like if you're not dwelling in the presence of the almighty, like run to him. Like he, this is have confidence in his, the blessing that he has awaiting you <laughs> really have confidence in the fact that he loves you so much that he wants to bless you in this way by protecting you under his wing. And that doesn't mean nothing bad worldwide is going to happen to you. That just means Meg and I talk a lot about joy, but that just means like, in my opinion, when we're in the refuge and the shelter of his wing, that's when we can, we experience that true joy and we can, that's what carries us through his joy, his love, the hope in heaven and the one day to come. And when we recharge under his wing, that is the biggest blessing I can think of outside of literally him dying on the cross to save us, to provide us a way to cross over into heaven and the way he can even wrap us in his wings. <laughs> Are you getting emotional? No. Oh, I thought you sniffed. <laughs> I might have, but I'm getting emotional. So yeah, hide in there from evil. <laughs> Allow yourself. Anyway, so, sorry. So I took over. Five, Keep going. You will not fear the terror of the night. Focus on terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. And I just wanted to focus on pestilence is, again, dever. Keteb is destruction. And this... uh, 
fear the te- do, you will not fear the terror of the night and then nor the arrow of the that flies by day one of the things when I was just kind of looking at this stuff there's this um, dictionary called uh, dictionary of deities and demons and it's out of all the things that are in the it's basically all the deities and the demons that are in the Bible and this word dever reshef keteb all of them are in in that dictionary and so they're basically having I think a lot of Canaanite gods that would do the same thing as deadly pestilence do not fear the the terror of the night that one the 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 explanation about that one was um, like a nighttime they called it like a nighttime hag some something that would come in the night to harm children mm-hmm. and harm others actually yeah but um it was just so interesting and then um it was and, um another way the video he talked a lot about kids but he also talked about how they would come and try to ruin the marital bed yep and i find that very um not odd i don't want to use odd because i'm not shocked nothing new under the sun but i found that really interesting based on what is the two things that seem to be attacked most today, the kids and marriages, godly marriages. Anyway, sorry, continue. Nor the pestilence, that's Deborah again, that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. So we could like, let's focus on the the arrow that flies by day, like the fiery darts at, um, again, Ephesians 6 you know, that are hitting us in our minds and stuff like that in the mm-hmm. middle of the, that in the middle of the day, sometimes we'll get hit with a thought and like, where that, where's that coming from? Mm-hmm. And then right on down this Dever is the pestilence, but it just means, um, Oh, uh, anything like war and just, just anything with death. Why? Um, it's, Okay, I wrote it down. All depicting widespread death. And you can find it especially in Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And um, all these are Canaanite deities. These same things that we're talking about are deities in the Canaanite religion that basically do the same thing. And I was thinking, you know, well, what's that got to do with thing? Where were the Israelites? Where was the promised land at? Canaan. I was going to say that, but I was scared. I was going <laughs> to <laughs> Canaan. They were going in and displacing the Canaanites and all the different gods. So not only were they displacing the people, but I believe God wanted him to go in and have nothing to do with the gods of the Canaanites, which he told them, which they didn't listen. Yeah. And as you know, it's like you've got the physical world going on and you've got the supernatural battles going on i was reading something but then you caught me off guard a bit and i with the question <laughs> <laughs> so then i'm like uh canaan canaan <laughs> okay verse seven a thousand may fall at your side ten thousand at your right hand but will but it will not come near you you will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the lord your dwelling place though most high who is your who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. And that's again, you've got those two words, dever, and you have um, reshef, which means plague, and then keteb, which means destruction. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. (laughs) On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You... Do you guys recognize that right there? For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Where have you heard that? Where where was that quoted? Who quoted that? I think of Re- Revelation. But Satan or, Satan quoted that very oh, Satan quoted de- Psalm 91 in the desert. to Jesus. In the desert, when he was being tempted, and why did Jesus go to the desert? I'm not sure, but I think a lot of it is 
he was in willingly going into the devil's playground, so to speak. Yeah. And he says, here I am. And what did, what did Satan use? The word. He was telling Jesus the truth to try mm -hmm. to get him to follow him. Yeah. But Jesus in turn quoted basically everything he quoted was out of Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. And as a oh. as a weapon to fight back. Oh shoot! I can't think of the word, but I just re or listened to something on this, and it was Jesus did this, and it was a pro it was for a process. This was a process to make him. So, oh, I can't remember what word. Well, Heiser used. will talk about. He feels like Satan was fishing for information, so to speak. Yeah, I yes, I remember because that in that says, episode too. You know what? If Jesus does throw himself off the, the temple and angels do come and rescue him, hmm, all right, we know, we know what we're dealing with. We know this is him. And really then if him. he doesn't, and then God turns around after Jesus hits the, the ground, but turns around and raises him from the dead, Satan will definitely know that he's dealing with the Messiah, the promised one. Man, I really wish I could remember what she, what she said. Man, that's going to drive me crazy. Oop, we're okay, baby. But um, uh, continue with your thought, because I lost mine. <laughs> Are you looking up something? No, um, where did we leave off at? We Verse were, nine? Um, oh, the commanding the angels to surround. Okay, to guard you in all your ways, uh, lest you strike your foot against your stone. But this is what, it was interesting. The de Satan did not quote verse eight thirteen, where it says, "You will tread on hmm. the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot." Mm -hmm. I um I, I remember my thought process, but during the 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 desert is the perfect example of how Satan does know you know a lot of things, but he and he knows just enough to make it sound good. He knows just enough truth to get you to believe and fall into his snare. I would, I'm going to even go further. I think he knows quite a lot of truth. Yes. And he knows the word, unfortunately, better than we do. Yeah. Because if you think about it, he lived, the, he lived with God. Yep. He was a high angel. Yep. He knows more than probably, maybe, I have no idea. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, he knows more than maybe some of the angels that are in command. I don't know how it works up there. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Like he was he was up there with, you know, Michael and Gabriel, I would say, in level-wise. Yeah. So, I mean, this is me speculating. I have no idea. But he was up there. Actually, that <laughs> could be another topic sometime. There is something too I just learned. I'm lear I'm learning slowly. I have to listen to things multiple times, but I'm learning a few things on um I just listened to something about the how a lot of the angels, the high angels end with L or a lot of like Michael, but then it didn't make sense with Lucifer. So I was trying to deep dive into that and how that would work. Yeah. So maybe this is one to come. We yeah. got it. I got to dive into that more cuz it was very interesting what um it was on ancient conspiracies. It was actually oh, yeah. pretty. It was actually pretty That's interesting. That's a good, podcast, That's a good podcast, and um, they're short. They're short, usually about thirty minutes or less, and it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike what ours will be. I'm so <laughs> sorry, guys. But um, let's go pick up at verse fourteen, and this is to me. This is God talking mm -hmm. because He holds fast to me in love. I will deliver Him. I will protect Him because He knows my name. When He calls to me, I will answer Him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Mm. And that's cool. I mean, who's, Jesus, who's God's salvation? Who, uh, who's our salvation? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Sorry, I'm sending Pastor Matt something. So anyhow, I just, want to, I just thought it was neat to try to look at this psalm, yes, in the physical sense, but let's look at it in the supernatural and that a lot of these words are also, like I said, Canaanite deities and they do, their, their name basically is 
announcing what they do, mm-hmm. so to speak, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, um, this all couple, if we could, you got anything else? You keep talking. Well, right now, I, I have a thought process. The um, one of the reasons, another reason why I started tracking this direction was Psalm ninety-one was found in a Qumran cave, Dead Sea Scrolls, with three other um, psalms that were psalms of exorcism. They weren't included. They, but they weren't. They weren't canonical. But Psalm 91 was basically found in the same grouping with these three other um, psalms that dealt with exorcism. Mm -hmm. In a lot of this, some of the stuff we were looking at, David was a prolific writer. He wrote thousands of psalms, but not all of them are in the Bible, obviously. But... um, Yeah, so that was another reason why I wanted to go this direction with Psalm 91. Um. Sorry, I had to stand up because the baby started crying. (laughs) Um, He almost made it. He almost made it. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of good... What what episode was that on the Naked Bible podcast? 87 was a really good one, and then I cannot remember the other one. 87 um, was the one I listened to, and then there was a sermon by... um, Van Dorn, David Van Dorn, David Van Dorn. That's really good. Um, that you could, he actually does a series. I just listened to the one on 91. I'm pretty sure he was making his way through 90, 91 and 92, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but, uh, that's where we're getting a lot of our information other than diving into things ourselves. Um, but that's what we kind of enjoy doing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, a couple other things I was just reading over some of my notes is, um, so what we could say is Psalm 91 is a, a protection. They viewed it as a protection against supernatural darkness. Yes. It's a messianic psalm. Mm-hmm. Psalm 91 is about the victory over the supernatural darkness. Those in Christ will overcome the evil one. Because of Jesus, we have victory. Now, does that mean nothing's ever going to, bad ever is going to happen to us? No. It doesn't mean that at all. And um, as a matter of fact, I didn't get a chance to double check this, but I wanted to go to Luke chapter 13. I was trying to, for people who may... um not know what a messianic psalm is um if i'm understanding it correctly it's either a prophecy or had veiled references to jesus the messiah or christ um and so different ones we study psalm 2 i'm pretty sure is a messianic psalm i think psalm 110 um i think psalm 22 20 and 23 I'm not for sure on all of them, but basically anything that says is prophetic or um, talks about Jesus <laughs> is a messianic, messianic Messiah come, talks about the Messiah. So one of the things I don't now what I'm going to read, this is out of Luke chapter 13, one through five. And I don't know if this is going to really <laughs> make sense. <laughs> with the direction I'm coming with this when I said just because we we um, we live in a fallen world bad things happen we do have victory in Christ he does offer protections to us but sometimes things still happen because like I said we live in a fallen world there was a there was some present at the very time there were some present at the very time who had told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them, 
Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you all, you will all likewise perish. And I was just reading that and I'm thinking, basically I think like Jesus is saying, things are going to happen. Yes, the victory has been provided. It's almost like, yes, but not yet. Mm -hmm. And it's in the, a lot of this is in the future, but yes, it, it can apply now, right now and th this time. So that's one of the things I was looking at. And then I was thinking, okay, what happens if somebody thinks, where, where's this coming from? Where's this, you know, this Jesus casting out demons and, and stuff like that, these, you know, a psalm of protection from these deities, these fallen gods. Mm -hmm. So I thought we would look at, um, oh. That's the thing. I don't think people realize all that. I know we've touched on us already multiple times, but how much spiritual warfare is actually going on around us. And I don't even mean like our own personal spiritual warfare, but within another realm, the spiritual realm, there's stuff going on. Like, you know, the gods, the little G gods of the Bible, they're very real things with, you know, that Satan uses and has used over the past and still continues to use in, in different cultures. They're called different things, but it's still here. Um, and I think people just need to be very aware of that. And there was more of a thought process there that I was going to go with, but I don't think that we're going to dive into that today. So continue. No, but, um, I, there, I can't, I was looking for it and I can't find it. I found another part, but where Jesus sends out the 70 and he gave them all this authority to heal and to cast out demons and all this stuff he, that was what Jesus told them to go do. I'm paraphrasing this. And what they do, they come back and you're sort of shouting, said, even the demons pay it, listen to us. And Jesus said, you know, just beware. You know, it's more important to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life or to be a, a child of God. And then I found uh, where Jesus in Matthew 10, and he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and affliction. And it goes on to name them all. <clears throat> and all, just about all, all the Gospels tell this same story. Mm -hmm. And I'm like thinking, did that stop? Did that end? Mm -hmm. Are we not called to pray for the sick and, the, and expect God to heal? There's a gift of healing even. Maybe he... Well, maybe he won't. It's in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Did he not call us to rescue the people who are fallen under unclean spirits or the demonic? Are we not to try to help them in the name of Jesus and to get victory? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't think it stopped. Mm -mm. I think as an individual and as churches... We are called to do these things. We are to walk almost where, I don't want to say where angels fear to tread, because I'm not going to be flippant, because I know that when you begin to operate and do the things that Christ has called us to do, mm -hmm. you do have a, a target. On it's like uh, Pastor Matt last week, know your enemy. Yeah. Or was that two weeks That's ago? That's two weeks, yeah. Two weeks ago. And he was drawing a lot of parallels, and and I said a little thing to Pastor Matt. It's a Far Side cartoon, and it's and I sent it to him just kind of jokingly, but it has some spiritual application in my book. <laughs> well, I don't know what it is, but well, it's like two deer standing in the woods, upright on their hind legs. Yeah. And the one deer looks over at his buddy, and he's got like a red target right on his chest. And the, the deer, one guy goes, the deer goes to his buddy, man, that's a bummer of a birthmark. <laughs> and I was just tying it in to when we ask Christ into our hearts, we kind of have a birthmark. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying we have a target, 
But the enemy has lost us. So what's the next thing? Make them make each one of us as ineffective as possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think a lot of us. That's a good point because I think where are you going to be most effective when you're caught? And that dissatisfaction or that discontentment in my book, because that's something that a lot of times that goes unnoticed yourself and a lot of people outside of you, they might be able to speak into it, but it's something that you have to come to terms with yourself. So if you're in the search of uh, trying to find simplicity or finding uh, being settled or, you know, those are things that can be so distracting and Satan's like, got him. I don't have to worry about them right now. They're, you know, focused on ourselves, ourselves. Yes. And, um, one of the things just to kind of piggyback on what Kylie was saying and then, but also what I was just saying about, are we not to be doing these things? And I wrote a little note here. I said, if yes, are we willing to be bruised and battered? And I want to, let's look up Genesis 3.15. Yeah. It's take me a bit to get there, so talk. I mean, when you think of, like, think of the early church, like, you know, are we willing to be bruised and battered? Are we willing, truly willing? Like, these men, some of them married, some of them not, but they all had families, you know. Are we truly willing to put Christ first and to do what is necessary? Are we willing to be bruised and battered? In my opinion, and I know I get caught in my own head sometimes, but I rather be limping to heaven <laughs> than to be fully able to walk. You know, like I rather give it all I can down here. And there, that means there's going to be sacrifices that I'm going to have to choose to make. And as you know, same with my husband, same with, you know, people around me. Um, there, we go we ahead. really don't know. We don't really know what persecuted I mean, or you, anything as it you is. Read some of the stories of the martyrs. Yes. Or what's going on now? We don't know. We don't know anything. We get I I I get upset over really. Somebody just caught me off in the McDonald's line. Yeah. Me and too. If, if, we, if we go by the word, <laughs> I've probably murdered, I don't know, a half dozen people in the McDonald's <laughs> line. <laughs> with our, with my yes. Words. <laughs> yeah, it's true because now, like, really, all of us has con- committed every single sin because, you know, they're, that's the thing. Like, have you ever hated a brother? Technically, you know, according to Jesus' G- standard. Yeah is yes have you hate if you hate you've committed murder or have you thought or looked at somebody with lustful eyes but you know you might not have said anything did anything but that thought that lingered you're like i committed an adultery <laughs> you know like there's just like it's a high standard it's a high bar yeah and are we but, really it, like that's the thing when you got to be willing to work at it and you got to be willing to try (laughs) what i wanted to start with you know about the what we were just piggybacking on but genesis 315 this is clear back you can't get many farther back (laughs) than you in in 315 i mean so this is a long time (laughs) but anyways i will put in, in in oh boy i will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. What was did I did that sound correct? Well, I'm used to the NIV. Three fifteen. I what? will put enmity between you and the woman, because um, God is telling the serpent Nakash that I will put enmity between you and the woman Eve. Mm-hmm. And her, anyone after her, and between your offspring and her offspring, wow, the devil's offspring. Huh? I just now the noticed that. Offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. He is Jesus, and he crushed death, the, the devil's Devil. head, when he rose from the dead. 
And then if you go to Romans 16, 20, the, it says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. It's not talking about Jesus's feet. It's talking about our feet. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. That is uh, powerful. That'll preach, Kylie. Right I will there. preach. You know, Throw I out your Psalm ninety one and go to that. Yeah, um, something that that made me think of too is I was listening to a podcast this morning and she talked about how, you know, this time is I'm gonna not do well at repeating this, but um, this time is for you know us Gentiles and it's while the Jew Jews are still searching. Did you listen to this one yet? No. And so. We need to be praying for our Jewish brothers and sisters because those are the ones that are lost. But in the meantime, there's more Gentiles being saved. But when we pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel and our Jewish brothers and sisters, what? that's actually also praying, helping pray and bring the second coming of Christ. Yeah, what did, um, when we had the... Um it's a good, it's episode five of yeah, the ancient the conspiracy Passover thoughts. Meal, what did... What did the, the gentleman who was sharing with us say about Israel? That he said uh, it is a big time land of uh, missionary field. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah, it's an even bigger mission field than a lot of nations uh, that you wouldn't yeah. think of. Yeah. But anyways, he was a Messianic Jew, and he you know he was over there feeling called to. He's from Israel too. He's from Israel also. But he got called back, or I'm not for sure on his whole story, but. Yeah, bring awareness basically to the. Hey, we might be in Israel, but it's actually one of the bigger mission fields, which is exactly what I say also about America. Hey, yeah. we might be a country that was built on uh, Christianity, uh, or have Christianity in its roots, but we are um, we are far from it at We're this slipping. point in time. <laughs> and um, just to piggyback on some things, some of the stuff. Like Hosea 13 and 14 and Habakkuk. There are all these different um, Reshef, Dever, Keteb. They're also, those de uh, deities or demonic beings are also found in there. And in those verses, it almost becomes like personified. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to bring that out to help um, if anybody had any questions. But um, it's really interesting. And um, the book uh, Deities and it's DDD Dictionary of Deities and Demons. It's an expensive book. I think there's a software that's a lot cheaper, but um, it'd be well worth getting. And because um, there's a ton of stuff in there, so I don't know. Do you think we? That's it. That's all I got. Covered I everything, and hopefully people can follow. <laughs> yeah, we weren't all over the place, but yeah. Uh, well, there was a lot of stuff that kept coming to my mind where I, I kind of half knew. <laughs> yeah. I, when you were talking, a lot of times I was trying to look up stuff. And well, when you, you asked me a question. I, same here. <laughs> I was reading something. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what would you just ask me? I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we hope you guys got some nuggets. Um, I'll end up posting the sermon on here as well as I always do. So you can see what comes out of this. And yeah, um, actually, you could probably post uh, some of the stuff Van Dorn put out. Yeah. And I actually have a couple of things from a Greg Craig Evans. I can't yeah. think that's his name. Yeah. You could post that where they could link to that. Yeah. Um, These are people that. I will post They're scholars. Them, yeah, I'll post them on the Project 68 Facebook page. Um, so be looking for that. And it's interesting. It, it really is. Interesting. is. Some of the things are long, but if you yes. just take it a little by little, and it's, it's good. And it's written for not... They're scholars. Yeah, they're, they're not, very it's smart. not written so much for lay people, but <laughs> you can get nuggets out of there. And yeah. just some of the um, the three psalms, they're, um, uh, exorcism psalms, they they even have some of that in there and it, it's pretty interesting it's it's good it is good mm -hmm. and i just i don't know the whole point of this was i believe yes physically but there's a supernatural world that we're overlooking mm -hmm. and we are just as much a part of and i think we need to just pay attention yeah 
I'm not saying be, be afraid or a demon under every rock, but let's be a, pay yeah. attention. God's given us everything we need to protect and fight and stand strong. Paul says, when you've done everything, stand and pray. Mm-hmm. Just hold on and pray. Mm-hmm. So anyhow. Yeah. And you can pray in under his wing. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back next week with the Jackson episode. But remember to like, leave us a review, share this with a friend. And we just pray that. Uh, oh, he's giving me the makeup sign. Yes. And go buy your tubes and co makeup. Um, use the code Midwest girls 10 to get. Um, percentage off and then all the or a little bit of the proceeds of that come back to your favorite podcast midwest girls and that helps us kind of keep things running so thank you so much for listening and uh go deep dive into psalm 91 yourself and take us to your word um don't use this podcast or really any podcast as your main source of information dive into the word of yourself and discern with the lord so uh, yeah. yeah, thank Just you for piggy, listening. Piggyback on that, there's like uh, the, the Septuagint. There's a lot of stuff. That's the Greek version of the. Oh yeah. Of the, I think the Old Testament, the Targumic. The Targumic is the yeah. Aramaic. Aramaic. Um, version or of the Old Testament, and uh, it's really good. It's it's interesting, but. Everything pales in comparison to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Don't if it doesn't line up, or you got to jump through a ho- bunch of hoops to get it to line up. Mm-hmm. You might not want to um, dig down that hole. <laughs> yeah, but it is interesting. It's interesting stuff. Yes. So we'll see you next week, and thanks for listening. Much love and God bless to you guys. See you.